It's so easy to listen from home. I just tell my smart speaker, Alexa, play the Shake Back Sports podcast. Here's hashtag brothers of baseball slash Shake Back Sports show from Apple Podcasts, continuing the latest episode. Basketball, football, baseball, college basketball, college football. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I am on tilt. Welcome to the Ballers Report podcast right here on the Warzone Sports Network. It's your boy, Willie Epting Jr. Checking in, man, live, loud, and in color. We got so much to get into. I am so excited about everything that's going on in the landscape of sports. And I thank you for joining me right here on the Warzone Sports Network to chop it up with your boy. So you already know what it is, man. You know what we have to do. Let's get it. Right about now, man. You're about to be possessed of the sounds. Yes, buddy. You already know what it is when you hear that music, man. It feels like it's been a long time since I hollered at y'all, man. Hope y'all are doing all right out there. Welcome to November. You might see me with this, whatever kind of hat this is on. This is a uh, a cold day in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I mean, it was 79 degrees on Monday and today. Forty-nine. Welcome to fall, and welcome to another episode of the Ballers Report podcast, courtesy and powered by, of course, the Warzone Sports Network. Man, we got so much to get into, man. I don't even know where to start. I do, uh, but I don't because breaking news came out earlier today out of Las Vegas. Uh, my Las Vegas Raiders, along with Joe Morley and so many other people out there, man, oh man, how can you? Um, let's just say this. Wide receiver Henry Rux III was involved in a early morning car crash uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, he actually hit someone in the rear, and they actually wound up dying from the accident. I saw photos of the scene. I saw photos of his Corvette. I saw photos of the other person's vehicle. The other person reportedly was, was dead uh, inside the car when their car burst into flames. And Henry Ruggs III, his vehicle was totally mangled in the front end. And then, of course, you saw the report or you heard the report or I heard the report that there was some possible impairment on behalf of HR3. And uh, so he is expected to be charged with uh, driving under the influence, calling or causing uh, death. I don't know what the maximum penalty is for that crime in Vegas. Uh, I was talking to Marshawn Powers earlier today on the Her and the Huddle show between uh, himself and myself and our girl, Rachel Hill. We talked about this, and he was explaining how basically the vehicular laws in Vegas when it comes to alcohol, they don't play. They don't play. So let's just do this. Uh, Our heartfelt prayers, well wishes, condolences, And all of that goes out to the victim's family, everyone that he's connected to. Also to Henry Ruggs III, because if you guys remember, um, his best friend was killed as a result of a drunk driver when they were in high school, I want to say. And he talked about never getting over that. They did a piece about him 
on CBS when Alabama was playing somebody, and it was a real tearjerker. And uh, now here we are in this situation, and he is actually uh, allegedly the, 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 the perpetrator in said incident that actually took the life of one of his best friends. So, yeah, man, and, and, and in Raiderland, you know, you have to understand or you have to think that his teammates, his friends, his brothers – are all really just heartbroken for him, not because, of course, he's going to be off the football field, but because we have a person whose life is gone and can never come back. And that is – that's the ultimate. That is the ultimate. Yeah, at the end of the day, what happens between the lines does not matter in terms of real life, but here we are. And uh, it is so very, very unfortunate that this incident had to take place and I don't ever want to make light of life. I don't ever want to make life uh, or make light of the loss of life because it is that. But we are a sports network. This is a sports show, although the Shakeback Media Group talks about various things. Shakebackgroup.com uh, as well as on Twitter at Shakeback Media Group. Um, yeah, so we talk about a myriad of things such as this, but in terms of sports, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Raiders move forward with this hanging over the facility at, in in the midst of everything that us that else that has just happened with John Gruden, former head coach John Gruden, being let go. So once again, man, our thoughtfelt or most heart thoughtful heartfelt and thoughtful prayers go out to the victim's family, everyone he's connected to, also as well as Henry Ruggs. Okay, so let's move on a little bit further into the show. We're going to remain here in the NFL because you know we have to do the roundup and this 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 is a trick or treat version because it really involves <laughs> so many games that took place in week 8 or week 7. Yeah, week 7. Um and we're going to start in 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 Cleveland because Cleveland is 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 the Browns are the lovable losers in of the NFL, just like you could say the uh, the Chicago Cubs were at one time in Major League Baseball, as well as the Cleveland Indians in Major League Baseball. Um, but the Browns, man, have had it all out in front of them. Probably their most talented team in at, at least before since before the Browns took off for Baltimore and then became the Ravens. They they metamorphosized into the Ravens. Um, but they they had it all out in front of them against a team in Pittsburgh whose offensive line is not that good. They can barely run the ball. They get That doesn't mean they don't have a dynamic running back. They do have a dynamic running back. Their wide receiver core is average at best. The best wide receiver in the room is out for the year. They have a 39-year-old quarterback who is really a shadow of once of what he once was. You have Baker Mayfield. You have Jarvis Landry coming off the IL. You have Odell Beckham Jr. You have Nick Chubb. You have this young kid, the Ernest, whatever his name is, at running back. You got Miles Garrett on defense. You got Jadavion Clowney on defense. You got all these acquisitions that you made in the offseason. And you lose to the Steelers 15 to 10 at home. <sighs> Man, I, I I I was look, we were talking about this earlier today on her in the huddle. I am very, very sad for the Cleveland Browns fans. And I have gotten to know 
uh, you know, a good bit of them since my time as a media person and networking all over Twitter and those great things. But for the Cleveland Browns, yo, to lose that game is inexcusable. Inexcusable. For all of the reasons that I mentioned. So what does this do for the Browns? Because they have to play the Bengals in week eight. I think that game is in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, although they're coming off of a loss against the Jets, they lead that division still by virtue of what they did to the Ravens in week seven or week six. Yeah. Cleveland, I hate to say it, man, but y'all kind of in trouble, yo. Y'all kind of in trouble. And we just talked about the Bengals. The Bengals are leading the AFC North. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you thought that at this point of the season, the Cincinnati Bengals would be in first place in the AFC North. Raise your hand. I'll wait. I'll wait. That's what I thought. Nobody, including myself, is not going to raise their hand because nobody expected us or expected the Cincinnati Bengals to be here at this point in time. You know, as of that that game, going into that game against the Jets, the new, uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC. That means that the Cincinnati Bengals would have had, if the playoffs were to start today, they would have had, or that day, they would have had the number one seed in the AFC. Never would have thunk it. Not one iota. And uh, this is a must-win game for the Browns. I mean, and then the drama that continues to surround Baker Mayfield and wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. with the trade deadline having come and gone uh, as of uh, uh, 3 o'clock today. And I heard rumblings that there was a possible trade in the works where the New Orleans Saints may have been trying to get Odell Beckham Jr. out of Cleveland. Uh, the word is that they, that they, being the Browns, wanted too much compensation. Here's my th- question about this. How in the world could you want too much compensation for a receiver or for a player that you barely even use? You barely even use. I don't get that. So, yeah, we're gonna get to we're gonna get back to the Cleveland Browns just a little bit later in the show. Um, also, Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush, uh, Corey Ellison. I, I think you made him a, a statement um, before the year started that you wanted Cooper Rush ran out of town and you would have preferred Gail Gilbert or Garrett Gilbert rather to be the backup quarterback. Well, Gilbert's gone, but Cooper Rush is here. Dak Prescott, of course, did not play in the Sunday night game against the Minnesota Vikings. Cooper Rush to Amari Cooper. Cooper to Cooper for the game-winning score in the back of the end zone in the left corner to win the game. Congratulations, Cowboy fans. Your team is all that. Your team is the best team in the NFC. And it pains me to say that, but I'm a man and I can admit these things when, when they are such. The Dallas Cowboys have the best team in the NFC. That's what that is. So, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. Also in week seven, Tom Brady. They just, the Saints just have his number. I mean, not to say that Brady played bad because he went for, what, 375 and four scores? But he threw an interception at the end 
and all they needed was a field goal. That was it. And I questioned the play calling or the execution of the play for the two-point conversion with the toss to Chris Godwin. I, I don't I, – I didn't agree with that. Now, I know that that play has worked for them before, but you got to understand that the Saints have probably seen that time and time and time again. So here we are, or there they are. So, uh, of course, the <laughs> New Orleans Saints lost quarterback Jameis Winston for the rest of the year, torn ACL, MCL damage. Not good when your backup is Taysom Hill and also Trevor Simeon. Now, let's give credit where credit is due. Trevor Simeon came in and engineered a, a wonderful performance by himself and got the Saints in position to win that game. Because I'm so tired of hearing who that, oh, my gosh. I don't know what I hate worse, Dallas Cowboys or Weedham. Yeah, I, I'm going to put it on the poll at Shakeback Media Group for people who may not be having rooting interest for Cowboys or the Saints. I'm going to put it on the poll at Shakeback, at Shakeback Media Group. On Twitter, what do you want? What what is the phrase that you want to hear the least? Who that or we them boys? It'll be up on Twitter after the show. You guys make sure you go out there and vote because it's going to be off the chain, I'm sure. But again, let's give credit where credit is due, man. The Saints did that, and uh, now they have actually put themselves in position to be in the conversation of one of the top three or four teams in the NFC, as opposed to well, now we don't know because. Jameis is out for the year. So take your chances with, with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. Now, Trevor Simeon has a lot of starts under his belt in Denver, in the AFC West. So they may go with him because he has the experience. I think for him and the Saints team as a whole, he has a great defense. He has one of the best running backs in the game. And, oh, by the way, they got Mark Ingram back in a trade from – the Houston Texans. So the Saints can really ramp up the running game like they had when they had Ingram and Kamara together. And I've always said Kamara was better with Ingram there. And you may actually get to see that again, Saints fans. Hashtag who that. Okay, let's keep on going on in the, in the show. Uh, trade deadline, as I mentioned in the uh, beginning, first set uh, in the uh, rather <laughs> in the beginning rather of the show. Uh, trade deadline has come and gone as of Tuesday uh, at 3 or 4 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time, whichever one it was. And there's some notable players that got, got moved. Bob Miller is going from the Broncos in Denver to the Rams in Los Angeles. And let's just say this. If the Rams ain't showing you at this point in time, that they are not going for broke or that they are going for broke, dude, you will never have evidence of such ever again in anything that you see or not see or hear or maybe even not hear. So what does this mean? Well, the Rams now have a premier pass rusher on the outside. They have the best defensive player in the league on the inside. They have one of the best top three cornerbacks, if not top cornerback, in the NFL and Jalen Ramsey. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And you have Matt Stafford, who is having an 
all-pro MVP player of the year type of campaign. You have a, 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 a dose of good running backs with Michelle and Henderson. You let Deshaun Jackson go, but that's really not that important because he really wasn't doing all that much anyway. He did have a deep bomb earlier in the year. I can't forget or remember who it was against, but he ain't the Deshaun Jackson that was returning punts uh, <laughs> against the New York Giants back in the day. He's not that dude anymore. He's gone. But they still have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is amazing. They still have Robert Woods. They have Josh Reynolds. So what does this do for the Rams? It thrusts the Rams on paper to me above the Cowboys, above the Bucks, And they've already beaten the Bucks without Von Miller. So the NFC is stacked, no doubt. Um, and how can I start out? How can I do a week seven roundup or a week roundup without mentioning these two teams that played on Thursday, last Thursday night, the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay goes into the desert and they ground the Cardinals without a lot of their best players. And then Robert Tanyan, their tight end, is going to be out for the year with a torn ACL. But Aaron Rodgers did what Aaron Rodgers does. He just moved them down the field consistently and they beat a very good Cardinals team at their place. Green Bay is up there. Arizona's up there. Dallas is up there. The Rams are up there. You got to put the Saints up there too. You have to. And really, that's that's a top-heavy conference, man. You're looking at a conference who seven teams could have 11 wins, and it may take that to get into the playoffs from the NFC. So, um, Fletcher Cox, he was on the trading block, but he actually did not get moved. Uh, a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot of people, some people were surprised to see that. Um, you know, I, I thought that I thought that the Raiders would probably try to do something to get Fletcher Cox. Um, but, you know, who knows where the Raiders' brain trust minds were at, you know, stemming from all of this news about Henry Ruggs III earlier on today. Um, also in the NFL, um, when you talk about <laughs> rivals and and hated rivals and 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 teams that you want to do see do poorly because you have a rooting interest for your team that may be in that same team's division, nothing was more of the case for me on Monday night when I saw the New York Giants playing against the Kansas City Chiefs at whatever that G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead Stadium, whatever that, those initials are, when Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, hit Evan Ingram, who seems to be missing in action and has had APBs placed on him all throughout the year, when he hit Evan Ingram on that out route for, I think it was a six-yard score that actually put the Giants up 17-10 to 10 or 14, I thought that that was going to be the it for the Chiefs, and they were going to go three to go go to three and five, and that was going to be the proverbial nail in the coffin. But then the Giants did what the Giants do: offsides, a phantom face mask penalty that was called uh, uh, the face or the uh, offsides penalty, nullified an interception that actually would have sealed the game, I believe. And then the Chiefs, next thing you know, they're escaping. But Patrick Mahomes. 
For all y'all out there that's got Patrick Mahomes on your on your fantasy league team, I, I, I'm I'm sure you're probably thinking what the heck is going on because that dude has 11 interceptions on a year. He has 11 interceptions on a year, and he leads the league. And he has not had more than – I don't think he's had more than 10 in a season since he's been playing, or in the NFL anyway. So whatever is going on with the Chiefs and, the, and, 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 and Mahomes – they may have actually righted the ship, although it was ugly. It was ugly. That game was ugly. So you Chiefs fans, yeah, you got to win, but it was against the Giants, and it was ugly. Now, speaking of the Giants, the Raiders go to the Meadowlands in week nine or week eight to take on those Giants. It's a 12 o'clock start, local time, 1 o'clock local time, 12 o'clock central time, and all of the News that took place on Tuesday follows the Raiders to Gotham City. Um, I, I don't know what's going to come from that. Uh, again, it, it is just so very, very unfortunate what took place with Henry Ruggs III and him being in that accident that killed that young person uh, earlier on Tuesday morning. Okay, so let's keep on going on in the show because uh, – there are some other things we need to get to. It's uh, it's that time of year, November, which usually means college football playoff rankings in terms of uh, where we are with that. And those said rankings came out on Tuesday. Number one team in the nation, no surprise, the Georgia Bulldogs. Number two team in the nation, I think I'm a little surprised, and I heard some of the guys on uh, the show on, on ESPN say the same thing, that they were surprised by this, that Alabama checks in at number two. The number three team that checks in, the Michigan State Spartans, and you can't help but give them a whole ton of credit and respect for what they did against Michigan in the battle for the Paul Bunyan Axe after being down 30-14 to 14, midway through the third quarter. They come back behind the legs of that kid who looked like Earl Campbell out there running the ball all over Michigan and en route to his five touchdown scores. Yeah, they, they come back and get the victory. They snatched the jaws of defeat from the mouth of victory from the, uh, from the Wolverines, and now they're number three in the poll. And then number four is the Oregon Ducks. So what does that mean? Now you have – Cincinnati, who's the number two team in the AP poll, they're on the outside looking in. They're at number six. Number five is the Ohio State Buckeyes, who lost to Oregon earlier in the year at Columbus. So I could see that. But then it gets interesting after that. When you talk about Oklahoma, you talk about Baylor, you talk about Wake Forest, you talk about Notre Dame, you talk about Oklahoma State. What up, Scoop? That's my boy. Uh, shout out to him, Michael Hunter Jr., uh, he's the assistant coach for those Oklahoma State Cowboys up there in Stillwater. You still have all of these teams. Those teams are still in the mix. Now, from what I was examining, it doesn't look like Notre Dame is going to be able to do a whole bunch more of moving up. They have a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way. They have Stanford, their last game of the year. I think they also have Navy left, and they play at Virginia. So, And then there's another team out there or another game that they have too. Um, but they have the potential of going 11-1. and one. But they won't, in my opinion, there's no way that I could see them getting into the top four. No way. No way. Um, 
So look at Oklahoma State, who still has to play Baylor as well as OU in Bedlam at home. And then the potential Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State could play themselves right in there. And then you have Alabama. Okay, Alabama's going to run the table until they get to Georgia in the SEC title game. Now, Georgia has fallen to Alabama, I think, in the last maybe two or three SEC championship games. This year feels different. This year just feels different with Georgia because of their defense. Their offense, eh, but that defense, yo, and Kirby Smart, if I'm not mistaken, was the defensive coordinator at Alabama. So should we really be surprised? I don't think so. So it's a lot of great college football left to be played. Um, And let me just speak on Cincinnati for a second. Because Corey Ellison, my co-host on the Shakeback Sports Show that you can hear on the 12s and 6s, 1s and 7s, Saturday and Sunday on the BGC Sports Network, TuneIn app, just to throw uh, throw BGC Sports in the old search bar, and that's where you'll find us. He had, meant, he had asked me a question about the Cincinnati Bearcats and said, if Cincinnati runs the table, will they get into the playoff? And I was like, absolutely they will. But now I ain't so sure. And, and to my own uh, defense, he did ask me that like three or four weeks ago. But neither here nor there. But I'm, I'm not so sure. I think Cincinnati could be in some deep trouble, especially if either Oklahoma, Baylor, or Oklahoma State run the table. If they run the table, and if Oregon runs the table, if that happens, Cincinnati's got they're not gonna make it. They're not gonna make it. And it will remind you of that Florida or that um well Central Florida, yeah, Central Florida team with Mackenzie Phillips, that quarterback, before he had his leg all mangled up when they went undefeated. You know, that's the team that Shaquem Griffin was on. The one, you know, the 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 DB that has the one arm issue and did all those reps on the bench press at the Combine, that same team, when they went undefeated. I think they actually beat Georgia in the Peach Bowl or, or the Rose Bowl or something that year. But this could turn out to be that. Is it fair? No. Is it right? I don't think so. Because you're punishing Cincinnati for being in a conference that they're in. It's not. I mean, they're in a top – they're not in a Power 5 conference. That's why I said – and Michael James, former running back for the Oklahoma – or, I'm sorry, the Oregon Ducks, San Francisco 49ers, and Miami Dolphins. The Doak Walker, a winner, was on my show, and we talked about this very same thing. And I said, well, what do you think about six teams as opposed to four? Because he had said eight when I asked him about it. He said, well, I can see it being eight. I said, well, what about, why not six? He said, why six? I said, because look at it like this, Mike. You have the Power Five conferences, so you can take – the conference champion from each of those power fives. And then whoever the sixth, whoever the best sixth team is could be in at large. They could, they could be, it could be like somebody like a Cincinnati or like a Boise state was back in the day or whoever, whatever that sixth best team is. Doesn't matter if they're a conference champion or not. The sixth best team should be able to get in. I don't like the eight. I definitely don't like anything more than 12. I think six is the perfect number. So this is the first edition uh, of the CFP playoff poll. So yeah, it's got a, we got we got a lot to let let play out uh, in terms of that. All right, so World Series Tuesday night, Game Six, Houston Texas or Houston Texas uh, Astros versus Braves. I had already picked 
the Braves and Seven on the Hashtag Brothers of Baseball Show with your boy, Willie F.T. Jr., 2006s, 1s and 7s, BGC Sports Network. Check it out on the TuneIn app, same thing. I had already said there that I was picking the Braves to win it in seven. Um, the Braves went up 3-1. They won game two in Houston, won game three in it, or yeah, game three in Atlanta, game four in Atlanta to go up 3-1. And then when I think it was Austin Riley hit the grand slam in the first inning of game six or game five, rather, I said the Braves are about to win the World Series, man. But then the Astros come storming back, and now we have game six. In Houston, Max Fried is on a bump against the Strohs. And I'm telling you right now, if the if the Astros force a game seven, they're going to win the World Series. They're going to win the World Series. As much as I hate that because I hate them, they're going to win the World Series. All right. Um, I'm trying to see if I want to get to this other. Yeah, you know what? I got to because I teased it. I teased it in the uh, in the beginning of the show. Um, that part of the show. Where, you know what we do? We talk about something inside or outside of the world of sports that could be either good, bad, or ugly, or it could be this or that, or it could be something that just says uh, somebody is just that dumb. And I, I, I'm gonna give this to uh, I'm gonna give this award to the uh, the Cleveland Browns. I'm gonna give it to them because of everything that's going on with Odell Beckham Jr. And the video that his dad posted on Instagram on Tuesday that shows that Baker Mayfield appears to be not throwing the ball to Baker Mayfield on purpose. There's, and if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go out there and watch it on Instagram. Uh, I didn't see the entire video. I saw enough of it to make me think that, yo, his dad might be right. And whatever is going on between Baker and ODB or OBJ, <laughs> ODB, that's old dirty bastard from the Wu Clan. God rest his soul. Um, whatever is going on between those two professionals, they need to get it straight. They need to get it straight, and I don't think it's going to happen. So, therefore, this week's award of. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy, see what you did? Oh no, you big dummy. Oh no, you big dummy. You big dummy. It's actually you big dummies because I think this involves Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. and head coach Kevin Stefanski. How do you have a dynamic talent like OBJ and you cannot get him the ball on a consistent basis, there's a good chance that if that were a reversal of fortunes in terms of what they have going on out there in Cleveland, you may very well see that they would not be in the position that they're in at 4-4 four and four going into uh, week eight against their cross-state rival and first place Cincinnati Bengals. I think that game is actually in Cincinnati. Uh, so, yeah. They are the big dummies of the week. All right, we're going to wrap up the show with a little bit, little NBA talk. Of course, it's still very early in the season. Uh, we know that Kyrie Irving is still not with the Nets. We do know that Kevin Durant 
has become a little bit of a troublemaker, if you will, because he's throwing balls in the stands and, you know, getting kicked out of games and all that old great stuff, getting fined and all that stuff. So, uh, obviously, he feels something there. Uh, and what about the Milwaukee Bucks? You know, at this point of the season, they are behind the, the Chicago Bulls, who came out like gangbusters. They are also behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then the Los Angeles Lakers have a little bit right of the ship with two games in a row as far as the win streak goes. Now sitting at the number four seed in the Western Conference, Golden State is still there at the top spot along with the Jazz is in there as well. And the Dallas Mavericks. How can I not say anything about the hometown Dallas Mavericks? Not my hometown Dallas Mavericks, but the hometown Dallas Mavericks. And even though I am a Laker fan, I also have learned how to root for the Dallas Mavericks because Luka Doncic, that kid right there can play. He's down to earth. He's not cocky. He's cool. He's easy to talk to. All the great things, man, that you want to see, not just from a superstar player and athlete and a polarizing athlete at that, but just from any person in general. All right, my ball out is this. Um, Y'all take care of each other. Y'all hug each other. Y'all love each other. Y'all take care of one another. And make sure that you continue to do you. Willie Epstein Jr., Ballers Report Podcast, Warzone Sports Network. We finna be out of here, man. Y'all take care of each other. Y'all take care of yourselves. And I promise we'll holler at y'all again real soon. Peace. I'm out.